Welcome to Lockbox, a podcast providing real estate professionals with action items for success. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm going to be your host. I'm the founder of two real estate marketing and tech companies, Steezy.Digital and RealNurture.io. In this podcast, you'll learn from top 1% real estate and mortgage brokers the exact secrets to their success. Welcome to Lockbox. Welcome to Lockbox. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm here with Myrna Selzler. Thanks for being with us today, Myrna. Thanks for having me, Jeffrey. I'm excited to hear what we're going to talk about. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, we're going to talk about you. So why don't you first tell our listeners who you are and where you're from? My name is Myrna Selzler, as you said, and I'm from Kelowna, British Columbia, Canada. But I did, I started my real estate career in Alberta, like in the next province over years ago. Right. And and that was about 30 years ago, right? You have a lot of experience in the industry. I started as a real puppy and I started in commercial real estate too, which was kind of crazy, but it worked well. There you go. So that's where I am right now, right? I have a marketing agency that helps with both residential and commercial. And, you know, we do everything from branding and advertising and, and copywriting, but primarily the focus is lead gen. Like everyone wants leads, right? And okay. so I also have my license on the commercial side and act kind of as a referral agent, focusing on multifamily transactions. So well, the thing about that, like, so good about that too is you understand it. Like yeah. you're in it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So my question for you is, you know, you mentioned getting into the real estate industry initially on the commercial side. What what, would, what did that look like? Like what initially introduced you to it? First of all, like what was the very first look at it? And then, you know, what did you get into? What niche of commercial? Like, I'm, I'm really curious about those first couple of years. Well, I had a family member that was in commercial real estate specializing in leasing. And so that kind of got me interested. I had grown up in a really small town that didn't even know what a warehouse was, like let alone it. But I, I did a lot of work with warehouses and shops for tradespeople. And in, I was in an area that had the oil field, so the oil field industry. So that was okay. really, really interesting to me because, well, one of the things I liked best about it was that it gave small entrepreneurs an opportunity to gain wealth they would not otherwise gain. I'm in a marketplace mm. now where it's really challenging to find a warehouse for a small business. So when they go to sell their business, all they have is their business to sell. Whereas in my previous marketplace, they had not only their business as an asset, but they had their real estate that they could either sell as an asset or keep it as a revenue property. So it was a much more dynamic environment in, in my mind anyway. Hmm, so I really, really like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I started at a time when interest rates were really, really high and it was very hard to get financing. So I learned how to do really creative financing with vendor takebacks and um, other ways of banks that had repossessed properties, how to get them to do um, financing for, for buyers. So I learned so much about creative financing that served me very well as I went on to develop my own real estate portfolio. Wow. And on the creative financing side, that perks my ears up. So do you want to dive into that? Well, a bit, because the way I would think about it is, what is the problem of the buyer and what is the problem of the seller and where could those two ideas merge so that nobody really loses, everybody kind of wins. And um, when you think about it that way, because it's sort of like taking a 30,000 foot view and figure out what everybody's problems are and not and solving. Like, for example, I had one where the problem was the people really wanted to buy the property. The person really wanted to sell the property, but the buyers didn't have enough down and if the sellers sold it to them, there would be a capital gain launched immediately. So what we did is we did a lease purchase because then the tax implications weren't registered or 
activated until the time that the, the buyers actually got a mortgage and actually bought them out completely. So we saved the seller from having a, a tax burden bigger than the down payment. And we got the buyer into a property they would not otherwise have gotten into. And mm. the seller was um, a widow and not familiar with it. This was a strip mall. And the seller was not familiar with managing that kind of property. Like the parking lot was gone. The roof was gone. And the obligation of the buyer was to do all those improvements and know that they would close within two years. But it solved both sets of problems and it turned out to be a great, great investment. So that sounds like it comes down to understanding motivation on both sides. And then that's where the creativity comes in. Motivation and what their pain is. Understanding their pain and their motivation, both. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I love that. It's inspiring. And, you know, myself... Getting into the commercial real estate sales capacity is interesting because I primarily have been an investor and then I've started a marketing agency. And so this year is my first year in production in the sales capacity. And really I plan to hand off listings to referral agents or potentially wholesale some deals, but really my big value is finding the deal. And so that's always interesting to hear the, the creative financing side. It's like, well, what do you want? What do you want? All right, let's make it work, right? (laughs) And let's make it work. And it it is so stunning how, like, for example, in that particular transaction, the accounts and the lawyers said, no, 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 this is a really bad idea. And they went back and did the math and they came back and said, oh, this is a really good idea. We better do this one. This is the only way we can proceed getting this person out of the property. So it was, was, I felt pretty good because I wasn't an accountant or a lawyer. (laughs) That's awesome. So you spent some time in the commercial leasing space and you know over a 30-year career i'm sure it evolved many times since then and now you have uh, an organization that it seems like it's doing some coaching some you know the million dollar broker program it it, it sounds like you know it, it's it's a element of coaching and you know can you talk a little bit about what you're doing now with the millionaire broker program well, dollar broker program. my most recent real estate experience was I bought 50% of a real estate company in 2011. Well, I was just going to go manage it. And I quickly thought, oh, this is dumb. I'm not managing this thing because I know how to turn this baby around. And I don't want to just work for manager's wages. So I bought 50% of the company and started to turn it around. And then shortly, the circumstances of my partners changed so that I was able to buy the the other 50% of the company. And um, with that brokerage, I was able to four times the top line and 17 times the bottom line in six years. So it was crazy cool. And I was very, very clear on my purpose. I was clear on my offering to my sales agents and I delivered in spades. So the company was able to grow very, very fast and it became, well, for one thing, it started to get like, how could I keep up with the growth that I was having? And one of my salespeople came to me and said, I can sell this for you. And I said, okay, here's the number you sell it for me and and I'm good. I'll go find another adventure. And he came up with my number. So I sold it. I had a two-year transition management contract with the new owners and I've been free for two years. And given the success I had with my brokerage and how I'm so clear about how, how to run a brokerage where you can attract the right people, retain the right people and build a really good culture. That's where the million dollar broker program came in. I love that. Great story. And it, is so, it was so much fun. Like the most fun of my life. It really That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And throughout that process, what was the single most important action that you took on a daily basis, which attributed most to your success? You know, stick it, it really, be, stick it absolutely clear to my mission. 
Like, like, this is what we do. This is what we offer. And when I would interview people, this is what we do. This is what we offer. If you don't want this, that's okay. You're not our person. Mm. And because what we did is realtors are really good at working with buyers and working with sellers. And they're really bad at taking photos, doing brochures and doing all the intricate things that make a property really look great. So we took all those things away. We had a whole marketing department that took care of all those things. And so our realtors were able to focus on what they did best, working with buyers and working with sellers. And therefore, their, their per-person productivity went right through the roof. It was a beautiful makes, thing. A it beautiful makes sense. It and does. But people don't, aren't usually prepared to take the risk of hiring a marketing department. Right. right. But yeah. as a brokerage, we took that risk. We took that burden. Well, that's great to hear. So as a marketing agency, I can attest to the fact that there's this breaking point around like 10 to 15 million in gross annual transactions where that, that team leader, or that broker is like, I really need help, but I'm worried about making that investment. And then typically like the 20 million and up per year agents are like, yep, I can afford it. Let's do it. But there's that tipping point. And it's awesome to hear that you as a part of your million million dollar broker program advocate, look, do outsource marketing, like have it done for you so that you can focus on where you're most valuable. So number one, that's awesome. And you know, that's a big thing that I advocate as well. The entire purpose of why I created my marketing agency was because I understood that the most valuable activity that a real estate agent or broker should be doing is not trying to run a Facebook ad. <laughs> or like, or trying not trying to design a brochure, or figure out how to make a yeah, spending a, like three weeks so on a brochure, mad. spending three weeks on a mailer. You know, no, 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 no. You need to be talking with your existing sphere and have systems that are feeding more people into that sphere. That's literally it. And so, or, or go take the afternoon <laughs> off and let someone else do that for you. But yeah. do not be doing that stuff because you are yeah. bad at it. Don't, don't burn it at both ends. Do it at yeah. You do it at night while they're tired and burnt out, and mm. and then they're trying to do the calls in the day. No, 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 no. Like no, 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 you no, need no. to rest too. You need a life too. And if it's done right, actually, you can get a 10, 12, 15 time return on the investment. So you know all why day, wouldn't you? All day long, all day long. So I totally, yeah. I totally advocate that. And because again, in everything I do, like what's the highest and best use of my time right now? right? What is the most valuable thing that I can do in this moment? And it certainly is none of the stuff that you would be doing in a marketing department. Great question. I'm not, at, I'm not skilled at that. I'm not skilled at doing my bookkeeping, but I know how to read my books. But I, and, I, and I can tell you if you've done a good brochure for me or a good Facebook ad, but I don't need to do it. You just answered one of my later questions, which is when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused, what questions do you ask to get back on track? And your answer was... What's the best use of my time right now? What's the highest and best use of my time right now? That is such a quality question. There is yeah. an entire strategy called highest and best use strategy in marketing. And that's what people are talking about when they use the word optimization. Yeah, That means highest and best use, right? Yeah. If your ad budget's $1,500, if I'm a good marketing agency, I'm squeezing every bit of result out of that $1,500, using it for the highest and best use that it could. And as certain campaigns start to underperform, they are updated and replaced and constantly tested against other campaigns to try and use it in its highest and best form. Well, the same goes for you as the, the agent, the team lead. Like, what is the highest and best use of your time? Such a critical question. Really glad you brought that up. But I'm so glad that you said that you're constantly evaluating the marketing plan because if something's not yeah. working and I'm not, I'm busy selling properties or I'm busy getting listings, I don't have time to pay attention, but you can, you would come to me and say, hey, we were doing that. It sounds to me 
like you're my investment advisor. My investment advisor says, hey, you invested in this. It's underperforming right now. I think if we go here, you'd do better. And that's exactly what you're doing with the marketing that you're talking about. Like that's spectacular. Yeah, consultative approach. It's the only way to do it. And that way, you know, we can have eyes on these backend aspects that you don't have eyes on at all times. And you can still have your your finger on the numbers. You're getting reports and you're you're getting updates, but we're in it every day. All right, working behind the scenes to get you those incredible results that we can then turn into case studies and everyone's happy. So, yeah, that that's absolutely what we do. And really glad to hear that, you know, your focus is like, be clear on your mission, which by the way, a big part of my agency is branding as well. Like yeah. having clarity of your unique value proposition, what you offer to the market that's different from everyone else, you know, having your big why front and center so that you can then attract people based on something deeper than a commission split and attract it's buyers a race and sellers. To the bottom. It's, that, it's just a race to the bottom. It's about commission split. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're so, like, if you have that same attraction for the why, then you get um, some like-minded people that feed off each other. So you build a culture that's that's attractive and you can retain people because they're not going to find that that culture. And it starts with you working with the why with them. That's exactly. Really, you know, and, and so I, I love your process because it aligns perfectly with mine. I always start with branding. I look at how quality is their branding? It's not just a logo, right? <laughs> it's like, can your A plus customer who has referred multiple people to you and bought multiple homes with you, can they tell you what your big why is and what your mission is? Can they say it? Not, can you tell them? Can they say it? If, cause if not, then it's not clear enough. If people yeah. can't tell you what it is, then it's not clear enough. And so really nailing the brand is so important before we start to pour advertising dollars onto everything and, and start to generate leads and create follow-up campaigns because everything really ripples out from that brand as the epicenter and that big why. Yeah. And really like it all starts there. So I love the fact that your program after, you know, 30 years of experience and that you transforming that brokerage is right in line with with what we do on a daily basis. It's awesome. It keeps you kept me because again, I could go a hundred different ways. I could be a butterfly in the garden, but by sticking so clear to that mission, that vision, then I couldn't wander, but I could be really creative within that mission and that vision. But that did not change. That North Star didn't change. Let's touch on that. So, before the podcast, you shared with me something personal about yourself and your son, something that you have in common. Are you are you comfortable sharing that with my listeners? Sure. sure. Like my son a couple of years ago was feeling not particularly good about himself. He'd start lots of things and not finish them. Start, so he did research and he, through a process, he discovered that he had ADHD. And I'm going, oh my God, you have ADHD. And he sort of groans and looks at me, mom, you have ADHD. And I'm like, <laughs> Like I'm this old and I never knew that I had ADHD, but the ADHD, I think a lot of real estate agents do and the brokers too, but it serves us so well because we're having to do so many different things mm-hmm. within an, a 15 minute period. We can remove conditions. We can add conditions. We can take in an offer. We can talk to a buyer that we've never talked to before. Like we can do, and we, it doesn't cause us consternation. We don't get mad about it. We just right. flow with it. So I think that, I think the ADHD served me. It's just kind of interesting to have a label like, really? Right. And the reason why I bring that up is because I feel like a lot of agents and brokers lean into that to the point where they feel so overwhelmed that they they use it almost as an excuse to not get things done or they don't use it as an excuse, but it's still hindering their performance. But yeah. you mentioned even me, even this butterfly in the garden floating from thing to thing with you know clinically diagnosed ADHD, 
with having the clarity of your why and your vision. And it's like a magnet. It brings you back. You can float a little bit, but then it brings you back. Right. Exactly. And if you don't have that roadmap, then you're, you're just going, you know, by the seat of your pants everywhere that your attention is boom, boom, boom. You know, oh, and you're buying oh, every oh. program, you're buying every marketing idea and none of them squirrel. have any cohesion. Yeah. Squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Squirrel, squirrel. No, no. Yeah. To find it. I think for, for people in real estate to find a trusted advisor, like what you're offering, I think that's absolutely critical because again, we don't always have a lot of patience for trying to deal with a bunch of different suppliers. So if we can have one supplier that understands us and keeps our focus, and again, has that, they know, like, and trust us. So they go, no, 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 Rudy. that sounds like a really fun idea, but I'm bringing you back home. I'm bringing mm. you back home. Okay. Right. Absolutely. And yeah. what you just mentioned is something I hear all the time. Mm-hmm. I want a one-stop shop, right? I want yeah. one contact to be able to talk to about my Google pay-per-click, my YouTube, my Facebook and Instagram, my ads, my content. Like, could it just be you? Could you guys just do everything? And the answer is yes. But yeah. <laughs> with that being said, it's just all those things. You just know all that stuff. Just take care of my stuff. Yeah. It's a common thing. It's like, I want one contact. I don't know how to work with you for this and you for that. Da, 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 da. So having one point of contact, having an advisor, super key, because here's the thing. If you are in real estate or any type of business, chances are you want to go to that next level. Yeah. And in order to go there, many understand that you're going to need to now become a new version of yourself. You're going to need to transform, change some systems, change some personnel, change yourself and your own beliefs and limiting beliefs to get to that next level. And so wouldn't it help to have a guide, someone who has either done it themselves or helped dozens of others that are in your position go from where you are now to where you want to go. Well, and that's, and you that's have where the experiences and you've made that you've skinned your knees a lot of times getting to where you are. Oh, if yeah. you want me, you don't, I don't need to skin my knees. You've got all the scars. I don't need the scars. Cause you're, you're way past that for me. Like that's, right. that's really important. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So with that being said, I want to now dive in a little bit on the millionaire. The, sorry. I keep saying the millionaire, but it's the million dollar broker program. Right. So, do you want to shed more light on that or the MLS leadership show? I mean, you know, the MLS what are you working on today? If anybody um, is interested, like as a broker, I'd like to talk to brokers about how they do their recruiting, their retaining, and how they build a culture. Because I think those are the most important things. Doing all those things means the money will follow. We don't need to mm-hmm. focus on how we're going to make a profit because that will, in fact, follow. But the Million Dollar Broker is a program where people get a chance to be in a mastermind with other brokers because I don't have all the answers or the great ideas, but brokers from across North America can come together and share ideas and um, learn from each other in a non-competitive space. And we can go through the systems that you need to, to set up a business so that you are really clear to do the purpose define, get real clear about who you are, who you want as your clients, who your real estate agents will be. I use a process with your reticular activating system to really get clear about your, as the word the, the word is right now, the avatar of who your ideal client is. Because as an owner of a brokerage, my client is my, are my real estate agents. That's who my clients are. And mm. then just working through the processes and how we're going to do all that and get the systems in place so that the outflow for me and for them is profit. And that's what we, we work towards. And the idea of the million dollar broker, I don't know, you've got to, what are you going to name something? So it's a um, million dollar broker because the goal is that the person, the broker will in fact net a million or more dollars themselves over time as they put these um, processes into place. So I, I should tell you one other really cool thing though. It's called right. the MLS leadership 
because my initials are MLS. Nice. And I remember being a little girl going from a little, little town. I go into the big city and I see my first real estate life sign of my life and it's got MLS on it. I'm thinking, whoa, <laughs> yesterday. And I must be eight, right? And here I am. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. I know. So, I played Monopoly the other night too, just for old time's sake. <laughs> I was curious about MLS because... MLS to anyone in the industry is multiple listing service, right? No, I know. The gods now, shone their light on me, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but now with the MLS leadership show, it's Myrna. Myrna Lynn Selsler. Lynn. Nice. Yeah, it's going to sound like Lynn. a country and Western star, but different. <laughs> I like Myrna Lynn. So with that being said, in the, the million dollar broker, it's really a mastermind. Right? Yes. It's a mastermind and more. It's a mastermind and a strategic planning. It's a safe place to go where you can figure out all the ways to build your business. And I always, the day I start a business is the day I plan, I start to plan to sell it. So we build with the end in mind mm, so that we so have key. a saleable asset at the end of it. Oh my gosh. So most people get into business without an exit strategy. Oh no, you, you've got to be thinking about the end at the beginning because then you then you build better systems, better processes. You don't some people do stupid things like steal from their business or try to, you know, I'll put in a thousand dollar a month car payment, my then I won't pay tax. Yeah, but you won't get a multiplier at the end of the day. Can I share a failure with you? Sure. So I believe that failures are just learning lessons. Yeah. So I have no problem putting this out there. And this is the first time I've spoken publicly about it. I three years ago set an intention to scale a info product business in the real estate space for a three to five year successful exit. The idea was, look, we're starting with the end in mind. All we want to do is get this to about 15,000 agents and then sell it. Yeah. And over that three year period, it wasn't my main thing. It was, it was on the side of my agency and I had partners in it, but it was kind of everyone's side thing. And yeah. we got it to a certain point, probably generated like $100,000 in revenue. But, you know, that over three years, it's, it's not enough. And it's not no. something that really took off. And so after that investment that it took to get there in time, money and energy, that's your baby at that point. I mean, you're three years into a business, thousands of hours, countless, you know, trial mm -hmm. and error, start and stop. Yeah. And it got to the point two weeks ago where we had, you know, an all hands on deck meeting and I made the decision to call it quits because we had an end in mind. That end was not a successful exit, but it got to the point where now we decided, look, our other things have taken off. This is not, we need to be honest about that and say, this is no longer working. Let's cut it so that everything else can flourish. Right. And so it was a difficult thing to do. It was a failure, right? A failed business, but mm -hmm. the amount of freedom that I feel, and, and what I learned and the contacts I made, and, and I mean, it, it was an incredible experience. So I, I say that because we had an end in mind. And but you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Yes. The point of diminishing returns. So that business, though, could you sell it to someone for even give it to them and say, well, we'll take a 5% or 10% residual. The, and so that's what we're talking about is we were we wanted, you know, projecting like 
oh, we'll, we'll sell it for $80 million. <laughs> that was like the goal. And now it's like, oh, well, you know, maybe we'll sell it for a couple hundred thousand or something. And, and all the customers and the, the, you know, intellectual property and everything that we developed. So yeah, it has an AI piece. There's some value there for sure. Um, so that is the, where we're at now is like, okay, we're, we're stopping the recurring. Yeah. Let's, let's talk. Cause yeah. we're, we stopped the recurring expenses. We still have a, a small active user base and we're like, all right, let's let the revenue keep coming in and see what we want to do with this thing. But yeah. And that's another reason, you know, you have a failure and you share it and look at this, a new opportunity. <laughs> yeah. And like, I know people who know people, right? Yeah. You, we, we don't know where it could end. That's what's so Absolutely. interesting too about real estate. When deals would fall apart, one of my favorite sayings was this or something better. Like if this doesn't work, it's okay. There's something better coming up. So don't mm. get mired into the, the moment of this point in time where it didn't go the way you wanted because something else will manifest. It'll be fine. I love that. This or something better. This or something better. Wow. Isn't that positive? And, and, you, and so that you're not spinning in anxiety. You're looking at the future with curiosity. Right. Such a different energy. Such a oh different my gosh. Energy. I like your energy. It's awesome. It's so optimistic. It is. It just is. Yeah. Yeah. So what helped to get you to this mindset? I mean, are there some books that you would suggest for our, our listeners? I always suggest books. You know, I just caught, got lunch with my friend yesterday. He suffers a lot from a little bit of like anxiety, self-image, stuff like that. And so I sent him two books after. I was like, hey man, read these. These really helped me with my own self-consciousness, my limiting beliefs, things like that. I feel like a book as a gift or a suggestion can change someone's life because it really gives them the time to distill down the the principles that have affected you profoundly. You know, it's, it's so much more powerful than a statement or a concept. It's like, here's a book. There's power in that. So do you have some that were really like they impacted your career and your life? I'd have to say, although I read lots, I distill it down to statements like this or something better. Or like the most recent thing that reflects a lot of what my belief system has been over my life, but it's really solidified it is the philosophy of stoicism. Like what can mm. I control? What can I not control? Looking at life from a 30,000 foot view, not getting so caught up in the moment, just those kinds of philosophies. So I would think I would recommend someone take a look at the, the stoicism philosophy, because that really can ground you and keep you um, really clear about what you're not going to waste your time in. Like, because what do you have control over? All we really have control over at the end of the day is ourselves. And learning that has been really profound. Early on in my career, I, um, this, the fellow that I worked for, he listened to Earl Nightingale and all those old, old, old things. And if, if we're going to wrap up soon, I would, I would not mind sharing a story. The first story before I ever started in real estate that he gave to me. And this might inspire your listeners. Yeah, I love it. So he, he told me to imagine just driving through the mountains and it's a windy, windy road. And living where I live, that, that's not uncommon. And if you stop your car at a certain point on a curve and you look ahead of you, you don't see any more road because there's curve and you look behind you and there's no more road. You look up and all there is is a mountain and you look down, there's a big gully with a raging river below. And it looks like, what am I going to do? I'm stuck on this curve. Like, where do I go? And if you just get in your car and you keep driving, the road unfolds and the path becomes clear. And so when you're stuck in real estate and you're stuck in your career and you don't know what to do and like, where should I go? Who should I call? What direction should I take? Just get moving. Just keep taking steps forward and more road will unfold and you'll see what your path is. And it be, but it's about just being persistent and just keep going. When the going gets tough, just make another call, knock on another door, finish another piece of paperwork, 
talk to somebody who inspires you, but just keep moving. Don't stay still and swirling in your anxiety. Wow. I love that. Yeah. It like, it's kept me going for years. Like he is, it became a very, very dear friend and actually came and worked for me at one point in one of my brokerages. Wow. So that was very, very fun. That's awesome. Yeah. And the concepts totally makes sense. You know, you keep going and it's kind of like motion creates emotion. If you stay in it and you let it paralyze you, that's no good. No. You know, pick yourself up, keep moving and the path will reveal itself. It'll, it'll become clear. And again, looking at with curiosity, like what this or something better, what good thing is going to come? Like I've had some, some barriers and I go, Oh, I'm kind of annoyed about that barrier. And then I think, Oh, this or something better. And like, it has changed my life because I've found something better almost instantly. Once I changed my frame of reference, once I changed my lens. That's awesome. I love your curiosity. Just I just having that, that curious type of mentality. It's like, Ooh, Ooh, Ooh. Like, you know, yeah. keep it, keep the energy high, keeping it light. Just like, I'm always scanning the horizon, with, yeah. you know, for opportunity, well, like scanning the horizon. Okay. Call me about that, this business thing here, you know, like yeah. scanning the horizon. Absolutely. Well, I love that. Hey, is there anything that I should have asked you a question that, you know, you'd like, you'd like me to ask so you could talk about something or you want to elaborate on something from earlier? No, I feel quite satisfied with our conversation. Are you curious about anything else? (laughs) You know, that was a great conversation. I think we touched on a lot. And I love the concepts that you outline in the Million Dollar Broker Program because they are so in line with what we offer as a service to the real estate community. I think it's so needed. So really glad that I had you on here to, you know, shed light on your program, your podcast, your success in the real estate industry. And... I just want to know how listeners can contact you because I'm sure that a lot of our listeners are going to be reaching out. Well, they can just go to mlsleadershipshow.com and they'll be able to connect with me through that. It's like Myrna at mlsleadership.com. Like it's pretty easy. mlsleadership.com, not mlsleadershipshow. Cut the show. Okay. (laughs) mlsleadership.com. Myrna Selzler, everyone. Thank you so much for being on. Really appreciate it. And, you know, this was a jam-packed episode boom, boom. It was like not ADD, right? But it was, it was very fast paced, which I loved. So thank you so much for being here. Okay. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening. If you want to accomplish your real estate goals, then I highly suggest downloading my free ultimate real estate goal setting framework. The link is in the description of the show and it will help you break down your annual income goal into the amount of phone calls, appointments, or open houses you need in order to achieve that goal. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.